0: Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name is Charlie and today I'm delighted to be joined by Colin Shaw, founder of Beyond Philosophy and also a prominent CX podcaster and influencer. Colin, it's great to have you join us today. How are you doing?
1: Great to be on the show, Charlie. Yeah, looking forward to this. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And yeah, I'm really uh, excited to talk to you um, today because we're going to be talking about how organizations uh, can create more memorable customer conversations. And before this, conversation i had a quick scour um through a recent white paper uh that you wrote and it was it was fascinating and i've I've added a link uh into the description uh so viewers can check it out but there was kind of one quote which really uh, uh caught stuck in my mind uh when i read it and that's we do not choose between experiences we choose between our memory of the experience so I was wondering maybe yeah. if you could expand on that point um, a little and tell us about the importance of memory and customer experience.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? This, I mean, I've, as you know, Charlie, I've been doing this stuff for 20-odd years. Um, but this is probably the biggest thing I've learned personally in the last 10 to 15 years, okay? Uh, and and the, the quote that you mentioned is actually not my quote. It's from a, uh, a professor, Daniel Kahneman, and Professor Daniel Kahneman has won the Nobel Prize for behavioral economics. Um, and behavioral economics is, is effectively sort of psychology and, um, uh, and to do with how psychology and behavior links into money, okay, uh, or to the economy. Um, so, and here's, here's the real, really fascinating thing. If you think about customer loyalty, Customer loyalty is a function of memory. Okay, uh, so in a, in other words, if you want a loyal customer, by the very definition of the word loyalty, it means that you've you've been there before. It means that you've remembered it. So if I said to you, Charlie, uh, you know, let's um, let's go to a restaurant. You know, where would you suggest? As soon as I say, where would you suggest? Immediately, you're thinking back to. Uh, Where to go, okay, where you've been you're thinking back to adverts. You've seen you're thinking back to all of those things So when you stop and think about it customer loyalty is a function of memory now when I started to look into the whole of this uh, this area um, and started to read up on um, Kahneman's work Kahneman talks about this fact that we don't choose between experiences we choose between the memory of an experience. So, what Kahneman is talking about is that we effectively have two selves, okay? Um, we have the experience in self, which is the, the, the listener listening to this um, session that we're doing now, this very moment, okay? And we have what people remember from that experience, okay? So, um, the listeners listening uh, to this now, and maybe in a week's time, somebody turns around to them and says, "Hey, you know, I, I gather you was on CX today, and you know you saw that um, uh, session with Colin. What you know, what was he talking about?" Um, and they may be able to recall what that is. But even in the word "recall," is thinking about well, what actually happened. So we have an experiencing self, and we have a remembering self. Okay, and that's what Carlom talking about. He's talking about the fact that we. Don't and, and when he's saying experiences, he's, he's not talking about customer experiences. I'm just applying it to customer experiences. But we don't choose between an experience. We choose between the memory of an experience. So whenever we start to think about the, a restaurant, whenever we start to think about any form of supplier, we think back to the interactions we've had with them. We think back to interactions, maybe we've had with our competition. We think back to uh, maybe th- things that we've heard, seen that influence our um, uh, that influence what we think. I mean, just think about the word expectation, okay? And think about how an expectation is built. Well, an expectation is built from the experience that you have it can be built by just again what you've read in the media it can be built by what people tell you um, um, you know what people articulate to you about or maybe a friend's had an experience but again the key part is you've remembered it and therefore your expectation is there it could be there it could be there Uh, but you know it's there and now you're judging that experience based upon that so the fascinating thing um, is that customer experience is all about memory, okay, uh, and that for me is really fundamental when you start to think about how do we build a a great customer experience that people remember, and that's the 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 key.
0: Yeah, I think I think lots of really uh, really great stuff um, in there, kind of for me as well. Like, It introduces a new way of thinking about customer loyalty in terms of to create customer loyalty, you have to, it's crucial to think about how memories form. Um, What kind of more does the science tell us about that?
1: Yeah, uh, good question. So so that's the next question, which is, okay, so we, we understand that memories are important. So then the question becomes, well, how do you create a memory? You know, what is it that creates a memory in our mind? And what Kahneman goes on to talk about is that what we, how we remember an experience is through what he calls the peak end rule, okay? Uh, and this is all laid out in the, in the white paper, so I would encourage people to, to, to download it and, and read it uh, as well and share it in the organisation. Um, so what's the peak end rule? The peak end rule is the peak emotion that you feel in an experience and the end emotion that you feel in an experience. So, peak, end, all. Um and, and that raises, again, a number of interesting points, okay? Um, so, the the peak emotion can be a, a positive emotion, it can be a negative emotion. So, what's the peak and um, what's the end emotion? So, the interesting question that, that comes from that is three or four questions that are interesting that come from that. One is, well, where's the peak, okay? So if we've got a customer journey, then where's the peak emotion that customers are feeling? Do you know? Um, and most organizations don't. Um, what emotion are you feeling Yeah, at the peak? And clearly the same applies at the end. Yeah. Uh, what emotion are you feeling, At the, uh, is your customers feeling at the peak? And what emotion do you want them to feel, okay? Uh, And and again, in my experience, most organizations have not yet defined the emotions that they're trying to evoke in their customers. Okay. Um, And then the last key question, and this becomes a really important key question, uh, is, well, which emotions drive value for you? So in other words, which emotion will give the organization the return? So... Which which emotion drives net promoter an increase in net promoter score? Which emotion drives an increase in revenue? Which promote, um, which emotions uh, drive an increase in customer spend? Okay, so you have to determine really when you're starting this. You have to go. Let's do some research to find out which emotions drive value for us. Okay. Because now we need to look at our customer journey, identify where the peak is, see what emotions that we're currently evoking. Now actually we need to get this emotion here and we need to, we need to make sure the customer's feeling this uh, at that, that peak emotion and that end emotion. And what Kahneman goes on to talk about is that endings are really, really important. And actually endings are more important than the peak. So, if you're trying to get something right, um, you know you've really got to make sure that you get the ending right. Now, the reason I, I raise that is because the interesting part is that lots of organisations, particularly in call centres environments, just want get to get the bloody customer off the uh, off the call at the end of it, you know, um, and they're not really concentrating at the at the end. And what what Kahneman talks about is focusing on the end is is a key aspect of it. So again, just to summarize, it's called the peak end rule. So what's the, where's the peak emotion? What are they feeling? What's the end emotion? What are they feeling? Mm.
0: Yeah, I really love, there's lots of ideas that I really love there, but defining kind of the emotions that drive value is a really interesting um, concept and maximizing the power of those emotions at a peak within the experience and at the end of the experience. Uh, that's that. That's a very interesting methodology, and I think there's something that organisations can definitely follow. Kind of building customer journey maps, looking to add those peaks to certain moments of emotions. Um, but in terms of defining the emotions that drive value, how do you suggest a business goes about doing that?
1: Yeah, so they 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 have to um, they have to do some research, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, and uh, and for me it's not the normal research so the, the challenge and when I say not the normal research um, what I mean by that is most research that organisations do is based upon correlation ok so in other words correlating one thing to another um, but what we find when you start to talk about emotions is you've got to look for causation ok so what's the cause of things so in other words you A customer goes onto the website you know they can't find something they're feeling frustrated and therefore they they go off the website um and and there are when uh, when we look at that type of research there are three aspects there's the 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 activity that the customer's doing the part of the experience the emotion that the customer's feeling and then um what drives value okay and the interesting thing here is that um What we typically find as you get into this whole behavioural science field um, is that what customers tell you and what actually drives value can be very different. So the, the example I always use is that, you know, Disney know that when they ask their customers what they want to eat at a theme park, Disney know people say they'd like to have an option of a salad. Disney also know that people don 't eat salads when they go to theme parks they eat hot dogs and hamburgers okay so uh, my i've written seven books on the subject of customer experience, so I find this ironic that i'm just about to say this to you um, uh, and that and that is the irony is sometimes you you shouldn't listen to your customers um, because they don't know what they want or they're being affected by societal things and they can't necessarily articulate. Uh, what it want, what they want, but what we what we know is that uh, customers are driven by emotions. Okay, uh, and therefore you've got to try to use different techniques to get under the skin of what the customer is telling you. It's just not as easy. Uh, and here's a mistake that organisations make: that they talk about positive and negative emotions as if they're some type of bucket. Okay um and you've really got to get into the detail of well which emotion so is it trust is it cared for is it valued you've really got to get into that emotion to make it actionable and and being able to do things about it Hmm.
0: yeah absolutely i think i've heard you use the uh, term emotional signature um for a brand too as well because i've listened to your podcast i think this whole arena you know we spoke about this um maybe a few years ago but the whole arena has grown so significantly in terms of you know, when we first talked about it, maybe very few contact centers kind of use sentiment analysis tools, for example. Now they're kind of yes. a big part of the contact center and they don't only kind of monitor um, kind of whether emotions are positive or negative, as you say, but they, they go further. They take specific emotions uh, as well, which people are. Yes. So I think the whole arena is is very fascinating. I think, uh, yeah, it's definitely, uh, definitely something to look out for into the future. But I kind of just want to bring this back now, obviously, we're, you wrote the white paper that we've discussed um, so far with, uh, with a uh, video um, solutions provider, which is Stream. And obviously, they have kind of a big message going, going on about um, video as this enabler of a memory uh, driven customer experience. Could you maybe give us, uh, talk to us a little bit about how video can um, supplement this approach to customer experience?
1: yeah no abs- absolutely so um i think here's so here's the interesting thing why are we doing this okay you know why why are we doing this over video why is it not just audio well the reason it's it's um we're we using video is it's far more personal and you can tell by the way that i'm using my hands all the time that you know everything's so much more visual and you can put so much more expression uh into things i back in the day i used to run call centers for um uh for one of the telecoms providers um and and i would have loved to have had video there now so so why video well first of all it's just a lot more personal i mean just you know again if you're the listener now if you're watching this just think to yourself well if this was audio you the danger is you're going to get distracted by things this feels a lot more that we're you know we're speaking to you the individual, so it's a lot more connection now. I mean, I I, I split my time between um, the UK and America, and consequently, I'm 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 talking to my family, um, my kids uh, all the time over FaceTime, and if the connection between that now that we can do that, you know, twenty years ago. You just have to make a three-minute phone call because that's all you could afford. Um, but but the connection, that relationship, it is much deeper because you can see somebody. So that's the first piece of sort of psychology. You can absolutely use video to build that more personal relationship. And if I, again, if I go back into my past, uh, then we were in the business-to-business environment, particularly in business-to-business. If you're talking to somebody on a regular basis, you can build up a, a, a much better uh, relationship with them, and you know that then ties back into if you. But just we know that uh, communication is not just audio. Uh, I think they talk about something like seventy percent of communications being not audio. Okay, um, so so here's the thing: uh, if you're an employee at the other end you can start to see how the customer is feeling okay so it's not just based upon a a voice call but you can see whether the customer is annoyed whether they're happy whether they're sad etc now tie that back to the conversation we were just having you know now tie that back to identifying where the the peak is identifying how the customer is feeling and being able to do something about it clearly using video you can do you can interpret how the customer is feeling and do those uh, and build that peak end rule and therefore that memory in a much uh, much greater uh, much greater degree Mm. a couple of other areas that i would throw in uh, one that i think is a bit underestimated and that is just the employee experience so the employee not just having a constant stream of phone calls, but being able to see the customer, I think makes it better for, um, better for the employee. And two other examples I would then give you using video from more practical perspective. And again, this, this is my personal experience. And if I was running um, a business today, this is what I would be looking at. So one is, I, I find it very difficult sometimes and i'm sure i'm not the only one to explain what a problem the problem is i'm having so um let me give you an example um i was recently getting a camera installed in my car so a front-facing camera and a back-facing camera you know for accidents and stuff like that uh and i was trying to talk to the person at the other end and explain to them that i've got a suv which has got you know a hatchback and therefore would the cable, if this is the front of the car, would the cable be hidden? And then when it goes into the hatchback, how is the cable hidden? Because I didn't want the cable running down. Now, just look at what I'm doing here, right? I'm I'm literally showing you what the problem is, all right? Imagine if I was now taking this out and physically showing you my car and going that this is what the problem is. Now imagine that I'm just doing this over audio, okay? it's a lot more difficult so the point i'm trying to make is this by being able to sh- the customer being able to articulate and show uh the uh, the uh the company the problem that they've got it's a lot easier for the for them to deal with that complaint efficiently and again go back to the white paper build a memory that is a good memory and particularly i would say now because this is in my view, this is in its infancy, okay. Uh, and I, I would see just like FaceTime and everything else again. I'm not sure about you, Charlie, uh, but you know, whenever I phone anybody now, it's using FaceTime. You know, I, I rarely phone people uh, just having an audio call. The last thing I would come to um, is the reduced reduction in costs, okay. Uh, again, if I go back uh, 20 years ago, um, we we had a um, we had a field force that was going out, fixing faults. Um, a customer would phone in, they would say the phone lines not working, uh, and we would then send an engineer. The engineer would turn up on site and the engineer would have the wrong tools, or we sent the wrong type of engineer, and therefore we then had to send a different uh, engineer. Uh, again, th- being able to see what the problem is on that initial call Making sure and making the right diagnosis of what the problem is uh, is key in saving costs, because you can then either fix the problem because actually all you need to do is press that red button there and that solves the problem, but you know because we didn't have video, you couldn't see it before, or making sure you're sending the right engineer with the right with the with the right uh, tools to be able to do it. so all of those things for me combine together. Uh, to go that video from a psychological perspective is a good idea. It help build it help builds uh, memories. It help builds relationship, and it's good for the organisation from an employee perspective, and it's good for the organisation from a cost cost saving perspective. So uh, I think for all those reasons, video as we're using now is is a is a great tool for people.
0: Mm. <clears throat> yeah, absolutely. I think there's lots of uh, great. Uh, use cases as you mentioned there and also to your point of how video can evoke um, certain emotions it kind of reminds me of a trend that i've seen in um, finance of uh, more finance companies are using um, video now especially kind of stalwart banks as they find it to be a very good tool for reassuring customers and that's not yeah. they're kind of they're centralizing all their human resource using video to uh, reassure them and that's not something that digital disruptors do so much. So that's kind of a tool that they're using to almost stay ahead and of niftier, more agile companies. So I think, I think yeah, lots of, lots of really great uh, examples there. But I think that's a great place to end today's chat. It's been really fascinating uh, talking to you, Colin, as it always is. So thank you very much uh, for joining us today.
1: No, great. It's been great being on the show. One of my favorite topics. So yeah, great, great to be on the show and make sure you download the white paper and have a read.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, yeah, again, I'll echo that statement about the um, the white paper, and also uh, check out your uh, podcast, uh, Colin, because I've also learned a lot from that um, too. But uh, yeah, for now, thank you everybody for watching, uh, and bye.